pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. So today we have a really interesting topic, and it's the pandemic and church. Of course. What a good combination. (laughs) So it's really, this pandemic has taken a toll on a lot of people and a lot of businesses and a lot of locations, Um, but the church, more than anything, um, being told to shut their doors. I would love your thoughts on that. You know, it's funny. I remember right early on in the COVID process when there was a church right here in Kentucky somewhere Mm -hmm. that was refusing to close. Mm -hmm. And uh they were a little on the extreme side, but it was interesting that they um, were putting up a big fight against government, and they yeah. were going to be open anyway. Yeah, and uh, and I think at the time I thought they were crazy, and, yeah. Uh, but certainly now looking back, uh, the church is what we needed during this whole process, and they were probably right. Right. No, so true. Um, on our podcast today, we have our good friend, Brian Fiscus, and he, um, gosh, he's just awesome. And he was here visiting with his family, his wife, Leslie, and his kids, Will and Libby. And they were visiting and we were all sitting out by the pool. And Brian, um, we first met him. He was a pastor at our church in Corpus Christi, and we've remained good friends with their family. And, um, We were sitting at the pool this summer and we started talking about church and he's like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, well, we're doing online church. And we got into a deep discussion because we had just come from Hank's baseball game, baseball practice. So he's like, so you're going to, to practice and you're not going to church. And he did not, did not do it in a condescending way because Brian doesn't know how to do that. But we got into a deep discussion about churches closing and his insight to it, and it was powerful. Yeah, every time we're around him, he has powerful insight. He always has good uh, conversation on that. Yeah, it was really good. And I think what it did for you and I, Adam, is really made us think about what are we called to do as members of the church and believers in Jesus, and what a perfect time for the devil to come in and tell us no church and tell us that, you know, we can go to baseball games and we can go, what, to the liquor store and the grocery store, but we can't walk into the um, you know, the place where we worship. And so it was a really insightful conversation. And I think after that, I ended up having a lot of conversations with people just asking the simple question, like, are you back in church? And it would be at baseball games or the grocery store or out to dinner. And they're like, oh no, you know, we haven't risked it yet. We're like, did church have something worse or something? It was just weird. Yeah, and I think once we started getting back into church and kind of forcing ourselves to go back, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because of Brian's conversation, it it felt right. It, mm-hmm. it was kind of a reminder that we needed it mm-hmm. the whole time through this yeah. uh, to kind of, one, keep our sanity, but also keep our priorities straight. Yeah, and there's nothing better than being 
you know, as a family in church on a Sunday morning. And we've seen that now. And he was talking a lot about how, yeah, it's super convenient to have church online. I remember all of us sitting on the couch, but like, do you worship the same? Do you pay attention? There were many Sundays where we were quote at church on our couch where I was folding laundry. Like that never happens in real life. And I think I was, would like to say I was paying attention, but like, was I really as it would be in the house of God? And you just think about like all the people struggling right now with addiction, loneliness, um, depression, stress, what's the one place that can heal them? And it's going to church and being present with the Holy Spirit and being around people. And I think one of the big things Brian talked about, it's about community. And that's why we have the churches. And um, I was researching um, some of the big churches like that other people look to have closed down. And um, I just think it's such a message to people. And Brian had an interesting comment. He said, you know, some of these churches need to shut down. Maybe like, maybe it's not so bad um, because maybe the other churches will stand up and, you know, really um, be the church that we're called to be. And so I just thought it was super insightful. It stuck with me for a while. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, will you come on my podcast and just share your story and your insight? And so let's hop over and listen to Brian Fiscus. All right. I have Brian Fiscus, my dear friend here with me on the podcast today. Brian, what's up? Hey, Sarah. How's it going? I'm doing well. Good. Hey, I am so excited. Adam and I just talked all about how much we love you and Leslie and your family. And so I have been pumped, as you know, because I keep talking to you about being on my podcast. So I really appreciate your time today. No, it's 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 an honor. I still don't fully understand why you want me on your podcast, but hey, I will take it. Well, always good to talk to you. <laughs> so, as Adam and I talked a little bit before, um, Brian and Leslie came to our house, and we were hanging out, having fun um, at the pool, and we got into a deep conversation. And it's something that you provoked a lot of thought in my mind, and I really felt like having you on the podcast would do the same for others, especially just in such a weird time right now. Now, um, the way the world is working and the way church is working. And um, you and I met because you were um, working at the church that Adam and I were going to. So I'd like for you to first just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you're up to right now. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, my name is Brian Fiscus. We'll do like a third grade report <laughs> here. And uh, no, uh, we currently live in a, in a, town just outside of Houston, Texas called Kingwood. And uh, thanks to COVID, yeah. I've been working for the past few months as a marketing consultant. Uh, but prior to the pandemic, I spent the last seven years as a director of marketing for an oil and gas services company. Uh, and as you mentioned, our families met back in the, I guess it was the early 2000s mm -hmm. yep. when uh, we were attending the same church. And I know you've, uh, you spoke of uh, our church on wow. the podcast before, and it was such a wonderful season for all of us and uh, just really changed so many lives. And it was so cool that we got to be a part of that together. Mm -hmm. uh, but during that time, I, I spent 10 years uh, during that season in vocational ministry at that church. And uh, I still have the opportunity to consult with a few churches today when, you know, when they call and, and I, I don't do that on a full-time basis, but enough that I'm still very connected to the local church. I, uh, 
you know, it's, it, I just care a lot about it to not sound, you know, to not put any shine on myself, but it's just a place that I value highly because I know what it did for our lives Mm -hmm. and in my life, uh, especially and specifically. And, uh, so of course, when we see, you know, kind of some of the things that are going on today, it, it, it does raise a level of concern that I think is, uh, worthy of, like you and I had just sitting by the pool that day, just a, just a conversation to right. say, hey, have, have we thought about this? Have we thought about maybe some of the ramifications of uh, some of these decisions that are being made? And uh, what is it going to look like for the, the church and our communities uh, as a whole down the road? Right. Gosh, I love it so much. So let me set the stage for kind of what happened. We are at the pool watching the kids jump off. Oh, wait, we were watching you jump off the diving board to be exactly clear. Um, Actually, we were watching Adam Adam the entire pool with his double yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's where we are. And we're eating burgers. We're having fun. And I think I said something like, you know, what do you think about the church right now, like shutting the doors during COVID? And Leslie, your wife was like, oh, he feels strong about it. And I was like, wait, really? What? And I said, because I was, I hadn't really thought about it a lot. I thought because we're told to shut the doors, we shut the doors. And then you started talking and, and this is what I want you to share because it really made me pause and think, wow, I've just kind of been going with what everybody else has been doing. I was following the crowd and it kind of scared me when I stopped and listened to your insight, like, whoa, how easily that just happened. So I want you to kind of talk to us about the effect COVID COVID has had on the world, but specifically the church and your thoughts about that. Okay. You know, uh, again, I I appreciate this opportunity to, uh, to share my thoughts. It's, it has been, um, you know, a word you and I were discussing earlier is, is a burden. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, man, why am I, why do I feel this burden to like, uh, just kind of have these conversations with people. And, and so uh, I just really have my eyes and ears open when, when these opportunities come, I just kind of share my thoughts. I'm not, I'm not trying to certainly, and I, and I want to say this, I understand that reasonable people who love the church, love the Lord and love their communities might see this issue differently than I do. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not trying to be, um, call anyone out and I won't do that, but I do think it's, I think it's fair to say there's been a lot of dialogue, uh, on why we need to just instantly shut the doors, call time out and just stop everything. And there's not been a lot of discussion for the opposite view on, no, no, no. Why is this important? So, um, I will just start, you know, I'll say that, Hey, when all this started, I was, you know, I was just like everybody else. You know, when this kicked off back in March, uh, none of us knew what this was. None of us knew, um, how, what this impact would truly be, how deep it would go. And, Oh man, it's it has certainly devastated uh, some people. I will not uh, disregard that or minimize that at all. But early on, I would say that you know the church world, we all get a pass for closing the door. You know what I mean? It's kind of like whenever something happens for the first time ever, that's uncharted territory. Right. And, you know, the country as a whole just said everybody stop. Mm-hmm. So of course, when um, when churches followed suit. 
you know, I would say that even early on, I was a little nervous on, man, what, what would that look like? But certainly it was understandable, you know, these pastors and these church leaders, these men and women that are, you know, responsible for these, you know, hundreds of people at times, thousands of people at other times, you know, everyone needed a season just to kind of hit the brakes and figure out like, okay, what does this mean? How is this, what is this going to look like? And, uh, so while I was kind of nervous about it, I totally understood and, and that, Hey, this is just what it was for this season. But as the information continued to come out and, uh, it was really, you know, some people had one view and other people had a totally opposite view. And it felt like there was, you know, a lot in between uh, those two points of view as far as what what does this really look like, who's being affected. And again, while I understood everyone's cautious uh, cautiousness uh, originally or right. initially, I was worried when I started to hear this ongoing call to limit or to ban church mm-hmm. services altogether. Mm-hmm. And I understood the I understood that from a local official's point of view, you know. Um, so I, the state I live in, Texas, we, uh, you know, I was honestly ignorant to the fact that the most the high the highest ranking elected official is our county judge, mm. and uh, I didn't know that. And to you know to see these judges say, "Nope, we can't do it," and uh, and in, in Texas, you know, our governor came back and said. They can't do that. But I know in some states, like we discussed, like in in Nashville and certainly mm-hmm. in California and in Tennessee, uh, that uh, they're still not meeting. Or at the time of our discussion, they weren't. So um, I was I was certainly nervous, and I was actually surprised to see some of the pastors' willingness to just close their churches mm-hmm. and uh, and. Maybe, you know, again, I'm, I, I don't want to call anyone out because I wasn't in their shoes, but it seemed like there was <clears throat> just this really quick race to just shut everything down, keep it closed. And um, on another note, it was actually alarming for, for me to see that, man, this fundamental right, like the, uh, the you know, right to assemble and our uh, freedom of religion, just honestly, Sarah, how quickly we all just gave that up. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't any pushback or go ahead. No, I I think that's really what made me pause. And I remember, Brian, early on, um, and it was probably in March, we were all pretty scared. Like we thought maybe if we looked at somebody, we might get COVID and actually die right there on the spot. Like that's how it made me right. feel at first. And so I'm with you that I totally understood that. I do remember a church and I don't remember where it was, but the pastor was like, no, we're not shutting it down. And I remember thinking at the time, he's irresponsible. Like we're all following the rules. But then when you flip the script on it a little bit and he had said, we are hurting and this is going to hurt us even more. We have people hurting. And you alluded to that when we were talking, you said, man, depression and suicide and anxiety. We're basically saying, I'm sorry, the church isn't open to help heal you and be there for you. And that moved me to think, wait, isn't that what we're called to do? And I think that's what you said. You said, Sarah, this is the time the church steps up. However, many churches are shutting the doors. And that was, I think that's the burden that has been put on me is like, whoa, we totally did 
what we have said for so long we would never do is turn our back. Will you kind of lean into that a little bit for me? Absolutely. And so this word has been thrown out. And uh, you remember early on when the country was shutting down, there were certain organizations that had basically basically been been given the golden ticket to stay open. And those are the ones that were called essential, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And it's kind of strange to see Home Depot (laughs) as an essential location. Of course, hospitals, Mm -hmm. uh, but then liquor stores were given that designation, uh, fast food spots. And I can think of no more essential body in the country than the Mm -hmm. local church. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of, you're a person of faith or not, you know, one of the the tenets of Christianity is, you know, to take care of the hurting, right. you know, uh, the widows and orphans and those that are hurting. And by closing these organizations, we were essentially shutting down that function mm-hmm. of the church. And, um, and that was one of the questions of like, man, I, I, I really wish... Uh, some of these pastors might have fought a little bit harder because if there was ever a time to really stand up uh, uh, for the faith and really be the church, as we all say, you know, if you've been to church, you know, at any point in the last 20 years, you've heard that like, hey, we are, we are not, the church is not just the building, right. but it's beyond the building. Well, mm-hmm. when you close the building, function, you know, the, the, the ministry function of the church in large parts closes. Right. And certainly the heartbeat of any of those outside ministries, those ancillary ministries, is the local gathering. Mm-hmm. And when we shut those down, we unfortunately, you know, closed off a, uh, a lifeline to thousands and tens of thousands of people around this country that were experiencing, you know, just incredibly high numbers of suicide of uh, substance abuse, domestic violence, uh, just, you know, just the darkest and, um, and most terrible aspects of, of, um, you know, society were just really, those, those metrics are going through the roof at the same time, churches were just closing their doors left and right. Right. And I just really feel like there was a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, now we're sitting, you know, nine months past this, you know, COVID hitting and there's still church doors closed. And really, I think where the burden sits for me as a mom is, and again, no judgment because I really feel like until you and I had this conversation, this is why I so have wanted you on my podcast because you really shook me in a way um, because I said, oh yeah, we're doing church from home because, you know, we don't want to catch COVID. And I don't think you said this, but we then talked about, we were at baseball practice, we were at sporting events, we were in gyms doing volleyball. Um, now, granted, we sat in the outfield, so maybe that made me feel safer. I don't know, but you said something, and and maybe you didn't, because you're just not that type of person, but it made me feel like, holy smokes, I am going to all the kids sporting things. However, I'm not walking into my very church. And if I want to raise kids that are going to follow Jesus, isn't, isn't that the time that I'm the example and says, no, we're going into church. So really after our conversation, we started going back into church, but the church is empty. It's so empty. And, um, 
you know, and I feel like there's a lot of families that are at baseball games or at football games, but they're like, well, you know, we're not quite at church yet. And that really is bothersome to me now that I'm like, man, isn't that where we're supposed to be? And I feel like that's something that you talked about a lot. So can you kind of go into that too and like your feelings and thoughts on that? Sure. Well, again, I go back to the initial um, situation that we found ourselves in where everyone was told to shut down and, you know, pastors around the country did such a good job and they just scrambled and we, there was this huge push towards an online platform. Like we understood that a scenario of, you know, we, we, we were not going to allow a scenario where we were not, we were just going to turn off the, the spread of the gospel, mm-hmm. right. Or the, the message, we weren't going to do that. So we put together, um, you know, all these online platforms and, uh, there were some organizations, there's some leaders in the church world that really lead in this space and they made it available to all these different churches. Um, and in like one weekend, you know, an additional 30,000 churches around the country went online and, uh, it was, it was a wonderful, uh, mobilization of those efforts. And, um, because we knew that, Hey, this probably is not going to last, but we, we, we've got to, We've got to continue this offering of the gospel message. Like it's valuable, it's essential. Mm-hmm. And what we what we found is that, um, you know, we I think uh, what we found is that we were able to measure that, and it looked like, man, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are interacting with this online platform. Uh, another, you know, metric that, you know, whether right or wrong, it's something that churches look at, like giving was still up. Uh, people were still attending services online. Giving was still up. So in large part, it was like, man, maybe this is the new wave. Maybe right. this is uh, something that will be a viable, viable option for the new church. You know, maybe this is a new way. But quickly, uh, those numbers that were high initially they dropped off significantly very quickly mm. and engagement in online online church has dramatically dropped mm. and what we're finding is that you know so Sarah when you know 30 years ago if someone told you that they were an active member of their church it looked like they attended church three to four times a month mm-hmm. they served in a ministry they were probably so they gave on some level maybe it was you know a tither or a giver or something and uh you know they were a vocal evangelizer right. you know that's what it meant to be a part of the local church mm-hmm. today and even prior to covid uh average church attendance for a member is one to two times a month. Wow. Yeah. And um, because we have provided these alternative platforms, mm-hmm. like I can still be at the baseball game and catch church, exactly. or I can, you know, I can watch it on demand mm-hmm. when I get home and when, but what's happening is those are very different, very different viewpoints on what it means to be a part of a local church. Right. And, and so that trend has already occurred. And I think that's the reason that, um, and unfortunately, so it all goes back to this. Like, I, I don't, I, I understand why people are like, okay, well, I'll go to the baseball game mm-hmm. and I may not go to church because here's the deal. The coach of your baseball team has expressed to you how essential it is to go to practice. Mm-hmm. Correct? Mm, like, so good. Yeah. 
I mean, you were talking like Hank had to go to all these practices <laughs> and all these crazy amount of commitment. Right. But with that commitment, you understood that this is essential. Mm-hmm. Pastors, on the other hand, have have communicated whether they knew it or not the exact opposite. Wow. That no, 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 no. The goal is the goal is your safety. Mm-hmm. So because. We want to guarantee your safety, which is not, has never been attainable and never will be attainable. Uh, just a side note. Yeah. But because the pastors have, have, have either intentionally or unintentionally communicated that, no, 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 the online experience is, is the same. Well, there's no commitment required in that. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing is a increase of uh, recreational things. Is, was the trend anyway, but now it's just, you know, increased and a, in a, a really strong decrease of the church and commitment to the church. That's why when you go back, when you guys felt like you went back, it was still pretty empty. Yeah. Even though you can social distance, you can wear a mask, you can do things that mitigate most of the, uh, most of the uh, potential of either spreading or transmitting this disease. Uh, just like you do at Home Depot. Right. But because of that, Home Depot has more people in it than church. Yeah. Because Home Depot has valued their existence and communicated to their people that, hey, we're here. We're going to do what it takes. And the church has, in large part, said, we, you should just stay home and go online because yeah. it's the same. And what we're finding, though, is it's not the same. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love your thoughts on that. And, you know, before our call, I was doing some research and it was saying that one in three practicing Christians has stopped attending during COVID. And I think that's huge because that meant, you know, I don't know the percentage of people practicing Christians anyways, but then to put that in a third, like one in three, oh my gosh, like that's scary that they've stopped. And then what does that say for the church and everything that we've done to move forward? And really in a time where the world needs Jesus so much, where are people looking? The the hurting people or just the regular people, the parents trying to survive the week, you know, it's our safe place. And as you were talking about, like for the safety, but then I start thinking about like the safety of our soul, like it's costing our souls a lot to not be poured into and to not be in community. And I think that's the big thing that, you know, you can watch church on TV and get a great message. I mean, I was putting on my makeup today, listening to a podcast that was, you know, a church from the weekend and it was great. Awesome. But what I was missing when I was putting on my makeup was community and seeing people and being in communion with people. And I think that's what's so devastating. And then our children almost seeing that church is optional because that's the way that it's seeming to become. And that's not biblical, you know, at all. And so I guess, Brian, if I was to ask you, um, and you've given us a whole lot to think about, but as a parent, what's your, like, are you guys back in church? How are you navigating that? Are you just like, nope, this is just what we're doing. Um, or maybe speak to the person that's truly is concerned about their health and safety, um, but are longing to go back to church. How would you talk to them about that? Great question. And I want to be, um, I want to be again, totally clear with you guys that I would never, never, suggest anyone that had any type of uh, reservation um, 
not go back to church. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you're if you're actually fearful uh, for this particular uh, disease and COVID in this season, I, I'm not suggesting that you just you know just let go of that and just push through and, and be irresponsible. I, I would say though that you know um, I, I think that the I, I think that I would ask you to take a real look at where do you go mm-hmm. and do you do you judge you know your trip to Home Depot with the same filter you do as your trip to church, right? Uh, because there are no spiritual forces <laughs> <laughs> trying to prevent you from going to Home Depot. Right. And not to get weird, but we know that, you know, there is an enemy mm-hmm. and there are, you know, <laughs> he does not want us attending church, hearing the word of God, being a community, being effective uh, believers, making a difference in our world for the kingdom. Right. I mean, that's just fact. Yeah. So uh, I would just ask everyone, you know, that, that feels that way just to really, you know, take an honest assessment of like, okay, am I holding the church to a higher standard than I'm holding any other Mm -hmm. local entity when it comes to my attendance? Now, of course, the church is held to a higher standard, but um, as far as our effectiveness, but I I think that as far as the, you know, attendance or being allowed to open, certainly like in states like California and Mm -hmm. and the other states we've talked about it, it just seems, it's, I just can't believe that, uh, it's going on to be honest, but, uh, that, that's what I would say to someone that's worried. It's just really, you know, I, I don't judge anyone that feels that way. I don't judge anyone, but right. I would ask you to say, you know, we're nine months into this mm-hmm. and yeah. it could easily be 18 months or, you know, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have an expiration date. So, uh, I would just ask them to, to take a step back and look at the lens in which they're judging their church attendance. Right. Uh, and finally, for what we're doing for our family is uh, we attend a church here uh, in Houston, and um, you know they've it, it certainly uh, has ebbed, but now it's coming back to mm-hmm. to uh, attendance wise, and people wear masks and people social distance, and and uh, you know we have gradually as they've offered it, our kids have got back into it when they have youth services our son attends youth services and our daughter attends her services. And, um, and so we've just told our kids that, you know, they know it's a value to us Mm -hmm. because if we, you know, if we're just saying, Hey, let's sit down on the couch and watch this message. Uh, they can walk away with some value. Um, but I mean, you just know that the kids and even, even us, I mean, the phone's going off, the neighbor's ringing the doorbell, the dog's barking, (laughs) you know, it's, it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in a responsible way, we have always tried to communicate the value of the local church, Mm -hmm. um, because they're just like any parenting, any parenting, uh, reality is that our kids are going to hear you, but they're more importantly, they're going to see you and they're going to model you. Mm -hmm. And so we've tried to do that, uh, with our church attendance. Wow. I love that, Brian. And I think the seed that has been planted from that last comment, which I don't think right now we have the time or the depth to go into it, but truly it's a spiritual battle that's going on. And I think for people to recognize that and recognize, um, are you fighting for um, the church is a 
is a big thought to think about. So I just want to thank you so much. You are um, one of the wisest friends I know, but also you're so humble and like you said, like non-judgmental. And that's one of the great things about having you on the podcast is I really think it's just food for thought. Like people just think about like where you are, what you're doing and, um, and then how you can help build back up the church and, um, you know, be an example to, you know, your neighborhood and your kids and families all around you. I think it's huge. So Brian, thank you for being such a voice in Adam in my life and always pointing us in the right direction. You know, little did we know as we were doing tricks off the diving board that this um, (laughs) conversation would come up, which I do believe your words today will impact people that listen to the podcast. So thank you so much for your time. I just appreciate you so much. Well, Sarah, I, I, Thank you. I mean, I, you know, we're big fans of everything that you guys are doing and you guys are, you know, making a difference in on so many fronts. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's one of the things that I would just leave, you know, leave this podcast with and anyone that listens is just what you said. Just, I would ask everyone just to consider, consider the case for church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it is an essential organization. It's the most essential organization and uh, it's the only organization that was established by the Lord. It is the only organization that has any hope uh, attached to it. And uh, so I think it's, uh, it's, worth, it's worth having these conversations. And uh, thank you for letting me have an opportunity and a platform to, to share with you. Mm, I appreciate it so much, Brian. Thanks so much. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to sarahnoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.